Matt, we're doing a little uh, bit of al fresco podcasting tonight. Yeah, there's a. Um, it's uh, very nice. We're back in. We're in your office, uh, in the back of your house, and uh, you know, looking survey, looking out over the savannah uh, behind, with the herds of wildebeest uh, sweeping majestically uh, across the Serengeti. So yeah, it's lovely. And when you're talking about the beast, you're talking about the giant mosquitoes coming in through the door. <laughs> yes, uh, alive. The state bird of Louisiana. Yeah, but speaking of eating. Uh, I also brought a pie to this al fresco podcasting experience. Ooh, lovely! I love pie. Yeah, it's a it's a pie made out of bird. Okay, so uh, is it uh, chicken or no. turkey? No, um, duck. No, I wish. Hmm. Actually, it's a pie made of crow. Oh, and you know you probably don't have to eat any of this pie, but I definitely have to eat some crow. Okay. After last week calling out uh, Jeremy on his fantasy squad, mm. and he really turned things around and kicked my butt in the fantasy classics. Yeah. Which we'll get to soon, uh, as soon as we start the show. Well, let's start the show then. Oh God, Matt! What is this beer? Well, it's a blonde. It's a Belgian blonde. Ugh. <laughs> well, the reason I brought Belgian beer Ugh. today is because Sunday was the biggest Belgian race that there is, La Ronde van Vlaanderen, the Tour of Flanders. Never heard of it. Really? Is it on USA Crits? <laughs> no, it's a little. Um, it's not. It's it's hard for. Um, Logistically, it's hard for them to include it in USA crits. Otherwise, I'm sure that they would. Since uh, it's not in in the USA. Yeah, that's that is one of the major issues. Um, but also, it's not really a crit, although they do go kind of round in circles and spirals and all over the goddamn place. Yeah, I think I looked at the map, and it yeah, it is all over the goddamn place. It's it kind of looks like our XLRs we have just kind of flop down on the ground. Yeah. Just, all around yourself and in and out and loop to doop. I'm yeah. I mean, it looks on on the map. It looks more uh, Italian than Belgian, doesn't it? It looks just like a pile of spaghetti. There you go. Yeah. All jokes aside, obviously, uh, Sunday was was kind of the Super Bowl, one of the Super Bowls of cycling. <laughs> one of the five Super Bowls of cycling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel like Flanders might be a little bit bigger than some of the other ones. I don't know. That's hard. To, I don't know. Maybe that's a topic for a different well. different podcast but what is the biggest monument of them all i think it'd have to be Paris roubaix yeah. is the biggest which is next week foreshadowing but i hear a lot of talk that that flanders has more culture uh, has more of, there's a uh a je ne sais quoi uh, although it's not, <laughs> although it's not whatever je ne sais quoi is in flemish yeah which will be something like <laughs> Uh, just, yeah. just list, just listening and reading things on the internet. Um, God, there were so many rider profiles that week before Flanders. Yeah, and that made it really hard for me to pick my fantasy squad because mm. every time I read a new article about one of the, you know, five or four star riders, I thought, yeah, they could win it. That's true. Yeah, and and we'll get into the fantasy uh, stuff later because I, I pretty much shit the bed, but. Um, 
it, yeah, it, it's I mean, definitely the biggest race in Belgium. Yeah, uh, it's bigger than Liège, which is the other Belgian monument. But but Tour of Flanders is, I guess, even though Liège is the oldest race on the calendar, um, it's the it's the Tour of Flanders is, I would say, more prestigious. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it seems it seems that way. I mean, I'm sure next. Uh, this this week we'll get we'll get uh, rider reports uh, and write ups on Perio Bay and it'll feel almost the same. Yeah, but let's get straight into uh, Flanders. Um, who won this year? Uh, this year was won by not a Belgian, a Dutch man, Nicky Terpstra. Who this is a second monument. He won Perio Bay yep. in twenty fourteen in kind of a similar way, although um, different terrain. But uh, yeah, he just rode away from everybody he did and funnily enough uh someone who won the first monument of the season mm. was and the last of, monument of last season the last two monuments was kind of in the decisive moment where nikki terpstra broke away yeah he pretty much set him up uh we're talking about nibs of course yeah the shark uh the shark was on the cobbles uh for the first time and uh by his accounts and everything, he really enjoyed it. He really, uh, he was really happy to be there and uh, enjoyed riding it. Um, we've seen him ride Roubaix sectors before, right? When yeah. he won the Tour de France, he yep. uh, he was a beast on the cobbles. It was actually twenty fourteen, same year Nicky Terpstra run Paris Roubaix. Yeah, wow, interesting. So they're they're huh. uh, cobble buddies. Yeah, I, I would you would call that. Um, I don't know what you call that, but uh, I. Uh, I don't know where to, what do, there's so many storylines with um with Flanders uh you know Gilbert uh, his teammate mm-hmm. got third so quick step once again two people on the podium yep um three in the top 10 in second place though which you know I didn't realize this to after race was Mads Peterson who was 22 who who is 22 and that was his first Flanders yep kind uh, of not a rider anybody was necessarily betting on or or i didn't read any reports about mads before the race no uh everybody's all in on stoyven his teammate yeah but uh yeah hell of a race for him yeah astonishing performance so there was a was a three-man break uh there was like there was the initial breakaway and then guys jumped across to that breakaway and uh he was one of those guys he was one of those guys uh he was there with one of the guys that i had which uh was um, sky or ef no magnus court nielsen oh i had yeah for astana i had uh i I dropped i kept my i already had him uh but i dropped his teammate michael falgren who ended up fourth yeah uh which was a stupid obviously i picked the wrong astana guy to keep uh, but I thought, oh, wow, he's in this move. And then once, uh, yeah, and then they, they started to fall apart. Um, and Terpster just basically kept going. And uh, Mats Peterson was the only guy that could stay with him for a while. And uh, so, yeah, Matt, uh, Terpster caught up to the break. Yep. Essentially rode through them on the Quermont, or was a, there was a climb. Uh, yeah, I think it was on the Quermont. Where he he rode up to them and then literally rode through them, kind of shattering that break, except yeah. for Mads, who was able to sort of just not like hold on, but he wasn't quite in his draft and yeah. kind of stayed that way 
until the finish. Yeah. Um, actually, Terpster never really got much more time on him. Nope. Um, and he stayed away from the chasers. And at one point, you know, Sagan made a bit of a move on a climb too, uh, the next climb, I believe, and got away for a bit, but just yeah. couldn't really, uh, couldn't get it going. I don't know if it was his legs or he just didn't want to go all in on trying to make that bridge. And, you know, with Suggs, is if he doesn't like make that move and it doesn't stick, yeah. then he sits up and then he starts pointing fingers. And then Yeah, he, he was getting frustrated that they weren't working together to chase Terpster down. Yeah. And well, I mean, and all the, part of the problem was that that group had at least two quick step riders in it. Right. Kind of mucking up the rotation. But, you know, you saw guys like Banute. Banute was all in uh, trying to bring it back. Uh, Wout, Van Art, once again, uh, top, top 10. He got ninth. So. Yep. Exciting race. Um, you know, the guy that we uh, have been kind of backing was Oliver Nason. Yep. Did not do so well. Uh, he crashed in the Dwarves door blander in and uh he did he uh and like yeah i think he landed on his he was all taped up his knee and it was questionable whether he'd race he crashed in flanders yeah again and uh so i was actually kind of happy about that i mean i'm not happy that it crashed but when i saw him crash I was like good because i dropped him mm, i kept him and i was glad that i kept him because i think he ended up being my best place rider. <laughs> and i sent you that photo of I think it was uh, Jared Gruber took a photo of his bike and his uh, those the jockey big, wheels yeah. on his derailleur are yeah. giant. Yeah, a giant. Uh, What's up with those things? So I guess the I well, first of all, they're six hundred dollars. Wow, for, for just the, for for the for the um, cage and jockey wheels is six hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's not cheap. Uh, no, it's not cheap. Uh, it seems. You know, for how many, I wonder how many watts you save with those or, you know, just, uh, it's, it's not for, uh, for the layman like myself. It's not a difference that we're going to see, but I guess maybe to, uh, Ollie Nason, you know, maybe it could have helped him, but that, that was just an interesting little tech, uh, segue there. But, uh, Cancellari used to run the same, same ones. Yeah. And he's won a few times. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't really know. You have to run a longer chain with those big ass wheel jockey wheels. You must have to have more chain length it seems like them. you would yeah yeah Do you, yeah and okay um what else what else happened in that race we want to talk about uh there was a big crash that split the peloton um actually there were a few weren't there there were a few moments uh there was i think the koppenberg was that really pivotal moment that really split things up because it was I'd been following it for the last few days and I was looking at video from the uh, the sportive thing that they have yesterday and it looked really slick and muddy yeah, on the Koppenberg. And I think it was still fairly slick. Uh, but it's so tight, it's so narrow and so steep and slick. And if one guy comes to a halt, then the entire bunch behind him does. So um, that really split everybody up. And that's why you see before these sectors people scrambling to get to the front fighting uh, to get to the front yeah, yeah really trying to get to the front of those moves because you don't want to yeah once once someone puts a foot down it's all jammed up um and uh on one of the climbs goes through 
What cross race is it? That's it, the Koppenberg. The Koppenberg. Yeah. Okay. And so I guess in the race it goes straight, but in the Koppenberg you climb. They go up and then they turn right into a field. Yeah, and uh, Helen Wyman had a pretty uh, pretty good tweet, so I'm just going to read Twitter to you guys on this podcast. But it said, Helen Wyman said, I'm seriously impressed with the Wout's ride and, and the Ronda. I mean, he totally resisted the desire to, to turn right at the top of the Koppenberg straight into the field. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, my delivery of that was not very good, but uh, yeah, it's 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 cool that that these these locations um, that they actually ride past the cyclocross route. I feel like it's like if we did. I guess you know we do our group ride and we ride past our practice. Yeah, kind well, of the same thing. Right. Well, one of the other races too. Um, oh, sorry, one of the other climbs too, which was pivotal last year, was the uh, the Kappelmoor. Uh, or the Moor van Gerritsbergen, or just the Moor. But last year, that's where Phil Gill made his move and stayed away. Uh, but there's also a cross race that happens up on the top of that hill. So it's kind of like up around the side and everything of that hill. I don't think it uses the cobbles at all, but it's on it's on top of the Kappelmoor. So that's another... CF. So it's this is this is the prestige they're talking about with the Flanders. Like how many how many cross race venues does Roubaix go by? Uh, probably none. How many cross race venues does Milan San Remo go by? Definitely none. Yeah, right. So there you go. That that so I think we figured out why Durande <laughs> why is, is is it's more the prestigious. connection to cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, there's definitely that. And also, the, I mean, the thing is, is Flanders is a tiny place, really. You know, Belgium's not very big altogether, and then Flanders is a part of Belgium, and all those Belgian races, you're going to reuse some of those climbs. People are going to be familiar with the climbs from different races. They get used in different ways. Even in the Tour of Flanders, they switch it up. You know, they change the route every now and then, so they'll, um, you know, because, I don't know, it was like seven or eight years ago, there was the classic Flanders route where the Muir was the big climb that was the big moment where it happened where you know Cancellara was motored open up the muir uh with with bonan you know that that uh uh check that out on youtube guys uh we're gonna get sued now conspiracy theorists but uh so it was like a a much more pivotal moment because it happened much later in the race whereas it ended up this year that it didn't really i mean it's going to break things up a bit just because you're going to get rid of you know some of the guys who've been working hard teammates you know the domestiques who've been working hard earlier on and it thins out the herd a bit but it's not like a final selection kind of move um it's like, but, a, it's like a meat tenderizer yes well the whole thing is a is a massive peloton <laughs> tenderizer yeah and it, it just kind of like it has that rhythm of the you know and then they get into the where they start going Udaquamont, Paterberg, and then there's all those other ones, and the and the Koppenberg, uh, and then that's and then they come back and do the Udaquamont and Paterberg again, you know, and that's so it's like everything else has been softening them up for that for those last two, and uh, the 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 only thing I think about Tour of Flanders is that is not great is the finish, the finish is just this really boring flat white well kind of this just awful big what we call the dual carriageway in england you know it's just a big kind of wide ma- road massive wide ass road that's really boring yeah um it's not like strada bianchi no it doesn't have that it should finish in a city square 
they should finish like in the middle of uh, the city. That's my yeah. thinking. Yeah. Could they finish on a climb? Or on a climb? Or yeah. I mean, why not? Climb. Yeah. I mean, if they change, if they keep changing the route, there's no real. What's the? Why is there a set thing? Why does it? And that's the other thing. It's like it's kind of on the on the outskirts of town where it finishes. It's like in the suburbs of somewhere, yeah. and it's just kind of dull and boring. It's probably like an industrial estate. You know, there's a lot of you know light manufacturing going on around there. So, do you hear that, race promoters? Mm-hmm. Change your finish location. Yeah, you might make it more popular. Yeah, yeah, you know, it might obviously more popular. there weren't a lot of people there, were there? Uh, there were very <laughs> the, the turnout was really low. We might show up and do a podcast from <laughs> yeah. your little race, your rinky dink race. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so good. Uh, quick step has been kicking butt in the yes. classics. Sometimes you say quick step going to quick step, and that means they fuck shit up. Um, mm. They get standard, standarded. Yeah, Ian that, Standard. That's definitely the uh, exception to the rule, isn't it? This year they've done really well. They have um, stomped, quick stomped the classics. So they have far. definitely quick stomped the classics. Some people who are not looking as strong as they were last year. You know, Phil Jill not in the form or the wins he had last year, but his teammates are winning. So you know, he still got third. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. He <laughs> yeah. rode Valgren's wheel and then pipped him the line. I mean, there's nothing really Valgren could do about that. Um, but but he was able to jump out of that group, I guess, because he had Terpster up the road. He wasn't working as hard. He had been working, yeah. I mean, yeah. also Cybar St- was there. Um, you know, GVA, Greg. Yep. I dropped him from my squad. Mm. Sorry, Greg. I mean, Greg had a great year last year also, um, but he's just not... He's not on fire. Him or, I mean, I guess Sagan's 1-1. One, one, but, yeah, it's really been a quick step this year. Yeah, for the, for the most part, um, which, you know, going back to that, they won Dwarsdor, Vlander, and in midweek. Which was the Wednesday race. Yep, and uh, once again, you know, they just, uh, but with a different guy. You know, I mean, they have such a... Yeah, Eve Lampart, and I got yep. suckered into picking him up and put him on my team. Why? I should have picked Terpster. I don't know why the hell I, I thought Lampart. I picked him too. I went Lampart and, and Stebar. I listened well, to he Townsend was in that, too much. He got, he got in that break, too. And so it was like, oh, yeah, Lampart's going. And then, and then yeah. He, uh, got, he got his win on Wednesday, so he really wasn't going to. Yeah. And he won that race last year as well. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, Tractor enthusiast. Uh, he's okay. A big, he's a big fan of John Deere. That's his favorite tractor. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's about. I thought fr- all Belgians were tractor enthusiasts. They pretty much are. They love okay. tractors. Uh, they love farming equipment. He's like, yeah. I mean, he's a farmer's son, uh, and yeah, he really loves tractors. And uh, yeah, that's his. That's his bag. So speaking of DDV, Dwarves Duan Vanderen. Yep. Um, special guest appearance by Mr. Valverde. Yes. And his teammate, Quintana. Yep. Who apparently Quintana just did like half the race. Uh, I don't think he still finished it. Did he? Yeah. I think he was there more for the recon. Yeah. Uh, for the Tour de France. Yeah. And, but Valverde was... Can't help himself, can he? He was, what, top 15? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he didn't make that final, final... He was in that front group for a long time, but he didn't make the final, final kind of selection. I mean, I, I'll i admit, and, you know, maybe this is a good segue to um, our fantasy league. Fantasy. Can't you see what this crazy life is doing? 
I put him on my squad. I dropped Sagan and put in Valverde for Dwarves Dorvlandrin. Um, kind of a bold move. That was a bold move. Didn't really pay off. Yeah. Kind of wasted a transfer. Um, this year has but been... Now you got to keep him there. Because there's no point swapping him out and then pulling him back in again. No, yeah, because he, you have to. Pull no, him I back dropped in. him because he. I had oh. to re up for Flanders. So, but you, then you're going to have to pull him back in again. So, after Roubaix. Yeah. So this year I have been. If you played fantasy football, I've been that guy who's tweaked, who's tweaked his lineup way too much. Mm. I've really got in my head, started reading way too much, just not sticking to my normal way of playing the classics yeah and it's not playing out so well uh i did pretty poorly on flanders I, and I, you, I think you did better than me though yeah let's see let's see in terms of the podcast uh townsend won stage five he did he won flanders so he's gonna get some bike law swag from that uh charlie if you're listening and yeah i'm way down here in the uh, middle of the pack and wow you i know you are third from last am i really yeah, you're terrible at uh, Flanders. Oof. No, just the Flanders, right? But yeah, not yeah, overall. yeah. You're beating uh, what is Reddit, uh, Mr. Jason Williamson, and whoever PDM is. I don't know. Bear Jake. Classic team from the uh, uh, from the nineties. Yeah, this team has Zacharin in it. Um, Very bold <laughs> choice for the classics. Uh, Controversial. Wow. I mean, a lot of Katusha that I don't think any of these people are writing. I don't think. <laughs> oh, Garrett Thomas. There you go. Primoz Rojlik, Alaphilippe. Hmm. Who won today in the Tour of the Basque Country. So, yeah. So, PDM, you're, uh, you're, you're hanging out in the, the Lantern Rouge spot. So, let's go to the overall. For- Top pro tip. Pro tip. Look at who's actually going to be riding uh, the races. Also, yeah, that's a great pro tip. Yeah. Um, you think that would be it, I, without it, saying, but... Well, I will say this. Um, it has been statistically proven to improve their chances of scoring. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, so we go to the overall of our fantasy league as I try and open one more of these weird Belgian beers. <laughs> <sighs> There's a dark one, too, if you want it. Uh, well, I opened the blonde one. Well, I'll, I'll drink that one if you want the dark. No, no, I'll just drink this one. All right. It's kind of all tastes the same now. Um, so number one... Mm. In our league, and number one in our hearts, uh, Jaden Kiefer with the Vlemenic Freets. Yeah. Is uh, kicking butt with 1,725 points. Yeah. Uh, in second place is uh, our fellow podcaster, T-Bone. Yeah. T-Bonute. Bonute. And in third place overall, after a strong finish in Flanders, is my uh, lovely girlfriend, Emily Bissett, with yeah. the team Classics with a K. Well. Kudos and to... And an X. Okay. Kudos to them. So, good job, everybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Townsend's second overall. Let's see. Yeah, four, five, six. I'm seventh overall. Mm. Eight, nine, ten. Oh, you are eleventh. I know. I had a hard... I was... I came... I went from third to eleventh. Oof. That's rough. And, and so... I, I traded out five... I'd only made three transfers up to that point, And then I got all excited about Flanders and made a lot of changes, and they did not pay off. And and me eating crow is that I was making fun of our friend Jeremy's team. Well, wow, the hell am I Dumoulin mm. for hanging out in the basement? And he got second place at Flanders. Mm. So uh, where's he sitting overall now? Oh, uh, he's not 
don't know overall where, but he, I sent him a message on Strava and he said that he actually, he thanked me because he listened to the podcast mm-hmm. and the ribbing I gave him. And that inspired him to put in riders who, as you said before, were actually in the race, yeah. therefore statistically proven to increase your point. Yep. Hall. It's, it's a proven strategy. He is, uh, he's not beating me, but he's beating you. Oh, he's know. actually right ahead, right ahead of you. He is, and then um, you know we we still haven't announced the uh, the best you know the winner of the best name. I know you called out what the hell am I Dumoulin, but just above him, I'm rather fond of Roger de Vlaminck's llama petting zoo. I think that's a, a pretty cool name. I think he does actually have a llama petting zoo, so a great uh, reference to the king of uh, well, actually uh, Monsieur Paris Roubaix, isn't he? The first man to win for Paris Roubaix. He shares that. Uh, he shares the accolade with uh, uh, Tom Bonin. And I think he probably won three Flanders or, yeah, we'll call it that. I don't know. He I won a lot. I can't tell lot. you, but that's our, our buddy Dustin, Dustin Judice. Yes. Who uh, made that team. So congrats. Um, well, I think that's enough uh, fantasy talk. Everybody's mm. doing good. Um, so there's oh, an award for Flanders, you said. And is there, there is. a name for Roubaix? Uh, there'll be another Prem for Roubaix on Sunday. So um, there'll be Shell de Prix on Wednesday. And then Roubaix, there'll be another Prem of some a, a bike law kit. Uh, many wow. thanks many thanks to our uh, some bike law swag. We've got, uh, we've got a collection of caps, T-shirts, and uh, bidons from bike law. And very stylish they all are. And uh, we really appreciate that. Don't forget, winner over winners uh, podium overall are going to get Urban South Brewery uh, uh, gift cards. So uh, that's going to be pretty sweet. That sounds good. Yeah, let's. Um, can we talk briefly about the women's tour of Flanders? Yeah, we most definitely should. Uh, because, uh, well, we should do this in. Uh, we should we should spend the same amount of time uh, in in proportion to. The difference in prize money. So, if we spoke, um, let's say, if we'd spoken for twenty minutes about the men's race, yeah. we will speak for one minute and five seconds. Oof, that's rough. Yeah. So, I think it was twenty thousand euros uh, that uh, Nikki got to take home, and I think it's just over a thousand euros that Anna van der Breggen got to take home, and that just seems. Whoa, ridiculous that's pretty crazy that's a huge disparity mm-hmm. um and i and i was listening to the cycling podcast and they mentioned gosh i'm just gonna quote some things that i don't have the facts in front of me um and if i remember strada bianca offered equal prize money for men and women i could be wrong about that i think though that they, I think did. they did i think they did too so i mean come on belgium if italy can do it you guys can do it too. I don't know if it was the cross races or I think it was the cycle cross races, but they, after this year, they looked at the viewership and there were more women or more people watching the women's races. If you just, if they're just on right before the men's, mm-hmm. people are going to tune in yep. earlier. Like they like to watch good racing if it's men or women. So, and the women's racing has been more exciting for the most part, I would say. I would have liked to have seen, um, Ander Vandenbregen, I heard she attacked about seven or eight Ks out. It was like on a cycling news feed. Mm-hmm. I think she won by about a minute. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah. So, and then Van Vluten, the other, the other Anna Van, 
Yeah, Annemiek van Vluten. Crashed. She did. I think she crashed before the Muir, dislocated her shoulder. Um, I think she managed to get it to pop back in while she, while she was riding, and she managed to finish third, which is that just blows Ooh. my mind. Talk about hard woman right there. Yeah. Um, damn. So all that- Dutch podium in the women's race and uh, Dutch winner in the men's race. So it was double Dutch. Uh, Carmen Rivera did not. She said she didn't. Uh, last year's winner, first yeah. American winner of the of the Tour of Flanders. Uh, she just said she just did not have the legs uh, yesterday. Do we know who the highest placed American uh, was at the woman's Van Ronde Vlanderen? I do not, but we could uh, we could look that up right about now. Megan Guarnier yeah. in tenth place. Tenth place, Megan Garnier. Uh, we haven't heard a lot of her this year, have we? We really haven't. I mean, she, I think it was two years ago where she went. Maybe it was three years ago, but she went on that tear where yeah. she just won almost everything. And she won the uh, the women's World Cup uh, yeah. w- overall, right? And um, yeah, I think so- I heard an interview with her. And I think maybe she kind of suffered from a bit of overtraining, mm-hmm. over racing. Yep. Similar to Marianne Voss and, you know, PFP, um, these women who just can, like, do every, you know, discipline of cycling, you know, I guess it's maybe sometimes you, when you're really good at it and you can do it all and win, it's hard to not, it's hard to take that break. Yeah. Um, so good to see Megan, uh, back in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So, you know, quick step one were had what three in the top 10 they had first and third uh bold dolmans had uh for the women's race had four in the top 10 and they had one and two amy peters uh was second and then chantal black world champion was fifth and megan garnier 10th so just you know dominant uh amazing performance oh you know what we didn't mention in the men's race we uh, didn't mention the interesting... So th- one of the things about Tour of Flanders and Belgian racing is, you know, Bel- Belgium and Holland, there's um, all kinds of road furniture and bike paths. Yeah. Which is... Here's the irony of this. Okay, so you can, you'll can you see a race where there'll be an entire peloton riding on a sidewalk slash bike path or whatever it is. And they don't do anything about it. This year in the Tour of, Tour of Flanders, uh, Luke Rowe, it was coming up to a tight corner. There were, there were fans like into the road and everything. 
And he basically made it. I wouldn't say he was making a tactical move to get further forward in the race. He was just yeah. trying not to crash into yeah. anybody. No, and he and he got disqualified. He he essentially rode onto a bike path which was behind a bunch of people, but yeah. he kind of, as he said, the peloton kind of whipped him to the right, and he very quickly got back onto the road, lost a ton of positions, yeah, and then it was immediately disqualified. Yeah, I think total that was, bullshit. That, I think that was total bullshit, especially when people have, you know, used the bike paths to their advantage to avoid riding on the cobbles, yeah, and stuff like that. He wasn't doing that at all. It wasn't anything that was to improve his position or anything. I call total BS on that. Total makeup call with the UCI for uh, you know for kicking Sagan out of the tour. Uh, I, I think it's also maybe it's like oh uh, Froome's teammate. Uh, maybe yeah. This, maybe there's a little backlash. Maybe a little bit of that there. too. But I uh, got to feel bad. Got to feel bad for Luke Rowe, especially because he's been coming back from like basically smashing his leg to pieces at his brother's uh, stag do. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he seemed pretty upset, and yeah, it seemed like a pretty bogus call. Yeah. Speaking of Sky. I mean, going back to fantasy, I mean, I went on, I, I picked uh, uh, Kawasaki. Me too. Seems like this I is did a it, race I, that he You know what? Win. That was your fault that I picked him. Because yeah. you, you got me fired up about it. I was like, yeah, no, maybe you're right. Yeah, he could do it. Yeah, it seems like that he could, what the, what, I mean, like, if you look last year, he would top, he podiumed in like almost all the Ardennes. Yeah. So why the heck can't he do Flanders? And you, you, your, your theory is because he was at an altitude camp. Well, I think this was so he had no power. I don't know. I mean, Sky have done this. They did. They when they first, they always wanted like you know, their thing was like we want the tour, we want the tour, we want the tour, and they were like, oh, we also want the classics too. We want to like you know, it's like we they win a tour and they're like okay, well maybe we can try and win a classic. They didn't really. Well, they kind of had. They had Fletcher, you know, great, um, great classics rider. Uh, but they and they had you know uh, Stannard and Fletch, Fletch. They had Fletch. Yeah, the detective. They had Chevy Chase uh, <laughs> and uh, great Spanish classics writer. Probably, I mean, one of the very few great great Spanish classics. A little writer. bit before my time. Yeah, although Valverde seems to be could be a great. He could be a great anything writer, couldn't he? So anyway, but Fletch is more built for it, I would say, than uh, than Valverde. Anyway, they decided they decided they were going to do it different to everyone, and they were going to go up Mount Tady and all do an altitude camp, and then they'd all be like, you know, juiced up on oxygen and jiffy bags and whatever, and come and uh, come and race the classics. And they sucked at it. So uh, I was surprised that he even showed up for Flanders. What's even more surprising is he showed up for Flanders, raced it, and he looked like he looked really good until the last. And then he popped. He just kind of like, yeah, he, he just, was there and then yeah. boom. Yeah. Yeah. He he was that they had four guys. They had one guy in the break and then they had uh, three of them in the group behind. I mean, they looked really well set up and then it just all went to shit for them. Uh, but also him and Nibali caught the red eye down to Bilbao that night, late that night. And today they raced in the um, week-long stage race, the uh, Pais Vasco. The, wow. The, yeah, which is... That's pretty intense. That's kind of nuts. That's that's your recovery ride, is you go and do a super hilly uh, 
a stage race, you know. And the first day was was really hard. So that's kind of nuts. So here's a question, and I bet Townsend really wishes he was here because um, I feel like this is a thing he would like to think about. Mm. But you're not, T-Bone. Um, so, no. so obviously uh, Sky is the evil empire, and we all want them to go away as a team. <laughs> but there are a lot of riders on the on the team that we still like, and uh, Kawasaki is obviously one that this podcast likes a lot. Yep. So where, what team would you want to see Kawasaki go to? Well, he started at Quick Step. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but where would he? You know, where would he fit in right now? Like, if next year he was with a new team, where do you want to want him to go? Where do you think he would go? Hmm. And where would he? Where would he fit in? Uh, I think he's actually really happy at Sky. I yeah. think he's kind of found his. True. He, he's, I mean, he had a, a great year last year. You know, a he won Milan San Remo. He's a longer leash there. He can kind of do. Well, he's a leader, you know, so he, I mean, the thing at Quick Step is in the classics, it's like, you're not going to be the leader. In yeah, it. that's true. You know, there is no leader. They're all, you know, it's like Quick Step's game is this, uh, we're going to, it's it's almost like, uh, to give a football or soccer reference, it's like uh, Johan Cruyff's Barcelona. It's total football. It's like everybody plays every position. Well, that's interesting because cycling is, 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 uh, on you know, on its face is an individual sport, but it takes a whole team to make that individual win. But we right. celebrate individuals, yeah. And yet, Quick Step is the one that really seems to embrace the whole team aspect, um, and anybody can win, as we've seen. Yep, the, the classic season, and 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 they're called the Wolf Pack. Is that like the hashtag Wolf Pack? Is that sort of like the, the you know Telnet Fidea Lions? Uh, I think, similar thing I think yeah maybe it's something they're trying to like this is how Belgians embrace social media I don't know <laughs> <laughs> they name themselves after groups of animals yeah uh, yeah I don't I don't know it's kind of a new thing the wolf pack uh, that they've been doing this year I guess that's what their uh, their whole thing I mean maybe that's it they work as a team and they uh, you know they work as a bunch they seem to like, I think I you know I think I mentioned it on yesterday I was like you know the the team owner, Patrick Lefebvre, is a genius. You mean Patrice Lacroix? Yes, sure. Also the team owner of my fantasy squad. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, he. I mean, basically, you go back all the way to Mape, and it's the same guy running the show. Yeah. So it's been that same, almost kind of incarnations of the same sort of team, different sponsors or whatever for a long time, and he's just. I mean. He can. He knows. He knows how to pick them, and and uh, and for the classics, you know, they're just astonishing. So we've yet to answer my question, though. You you think that, and I don't actually know that I have a good answer. Um, maybe I was just thinking about cool kits. Um, mm. but I don't know. I'm, I I don't see him going to EF Education first. Uh, man, that Jack would be great. Presented if he by Candel. Don't think they have the budget for Kwiatkowski. Yeah, so it'd have to be you know big money if, team. What if he went to Bora? Probably uh, would not quite work out. That wouldn't gel because you got Sagan, and they're yeah, but they could be like a great duo. Can you imagine that? I mean, Sagan's won the world championship three times. Kawasaki's won it once. Yeah. Sagan's all about... He was the last man to win it before Sagan. Sagan's like all about, you know, won it three times, whatever. Let's just have a good show. Come on. 
you know? So people want to mark Sagan, Kawasaki goes. He's like, what are you going to do? You know, you got to do something. I guess, I think. you know, yeah, it'd be, that'd be interesting. I mean, thinking of it like the Lakers or something with uh, Kobe, Showtime. Kobe oh. and Shaq. Yeah, it didn't, well, it didn't work out, although they won a few championships, too. Uh, I guess, so. yeah, they did. They didn't like that. This actually reminds me, now I remember what I actually wanted to ask y'all. Okay, speaking of Sagan, mm. uh, speaking of the classics, mm-hmm. so Sagan had a lot of teammates this year in the classics. He's had uh, Oss, yeah, done a lot of work, Burkhart, yeah, Beast, uh, his brother, Juraj, yeah. He was on uh, the front for a while. On the front, yeah. Not just you know, not just there because he's a little brother. Actually, putting in, putting in the watts, putting in the time. National champion, man. So, um, yeah, because his brother let him. So, okay. So, Oss plays the bass. He do- Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Okay. Yep. So, so in this band, Oss mm. is the bassist. Oss is on bass. Obviously, Sagan is the lead singer. He's the front man. He is the front man. So my qu- a few questions is to you is 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 Jiraj the drummer, a la Ringo Starr? Well, is would... Burghart the uh, guitarist? Is he the lead guitarist? Does Sagan do vo- vocals and play guitar? Is he vocals and rhythm guitar? Uh, I feel like Sagan would be lead guitar, lead singer, lead singer and lead guitar. Okay, and then. I'm going to go, okay, here's what I'm going to go with. And this is, okay, so the lead guitar aspect, he's going to rip some crazy solos, right? Yeah. I mean, he's got the styles. He's got the, you know, he's popping yeah, wheelie, I mean, he one-handed can, wheelies. He's going to be like doing all that finger tapping on the fretboards. Get descend like crazy, like like a madman. Like He's going to be, he's going to be, yeah, dancing on the strings like he dances on the pedals. But so in that respect, from a guitar point of view, He's going to be... He's like Dave Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. Right? Wow, okay. Combined. Right. It, combined. Wow. But, which then would say, George, or George, or however you pronounce it. It's George, right? It's just so. George. So, George um, would be Alex Van Halen, the drummer. Okay. And then... Wait, we've run out of people in Van Halen. So the the Van Halen reference just gets it. So Burkhart then. Burkhart is on Kitar. I, I thought we had Juraj on Kitar. Um so I'm I'm gonna go with the Beatles. Um and so I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Juraj on drums, a la Ringo. Okay. I'm gonna say that Sagan is more of a John Lennon. Okay. Uh, so, Oss is... Well, not... it's got to be Paul because he plays the bass. True. Yeah. I mean, no. you can't have Oss not George, play the bass. Actually, I'm going <laughs> to... Why not? I'm dueling bass players. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, gosh, you know, Kawasaki comes in as Paul. Oh, uh, Okay. I could see that because Kawasaki has better versatility than uh, than Sagan. Um, Sagan is, you know, kind of the has the the fire and everything, but uh, Kawasaki is more of an all rounder, which Paul would be. Yeah, I mean, because Sagan can do a lot, but but Kawasaki can also be a super domestic. He can, yeah. and then he can also win monuments. He can. I don't know that Sagan, and he can win week long stage races. Yeah, so. 
Yeah. So yeah, there you go, guys. That's that's uh that's our uh, Sagan uh, Bora Hansgrove band mashup. All right. Um, please uh, write in. Yeah, you write at gmail.com with your what instrument would Sagan and his teammates play in your fantasy band? Yeah, or come up with your own uh, fantasy band of writers from different teams too. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's too much of a ripoff of a slow ride podcast segment. Is it? I don't I know. I don't think so. Well, whatever. I haven't yeah. heard it. Okay. All right. Anyway, well, we should move on. I like that. Speaking of the classics, Rough Roads, yes. um, I saw that you were in Florida this, this this past week. I was. And you were able to take your road bike off-road. Yeah, I was. You know, it's, it's interesting that you say that. Um, <clears throat> many people won't realize Is this. Is it really interesting? Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just, yeah. It might be. Uh, you know, a lot of people out there won't realize that you don't actually need a road or gravel bike or a cyclocross bike or a fat bike or you know and you don't need 650b wheels with 48c tires you can actually take your road bike off the road matt but if we did that then we couldn't participate in consumer culture come on <laughs> bye 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 uh yeah I, I i did i did a lot of gravel riding there there was some really fun trails to ride uh, Strade Bianche. They were very white uh, roads, and some of them were a little too white, uh, as in just like really soft sand. I was gonna say, yeah, it looked like a lot of sand. There were some really sandy sections, but uh, Friday was great because there was a big thunderstorm during the night, and it rained pretty hard, and so it packed it down a little bit. It was it was very draggy, but uh, made it a lot more rideable, and uh, yeah. I did. Um, I, I'm going to say this uh, with no factual stuff to back it up, but I got sixth fastest on Strava on one segment on Friday, and I'm pretty sure that was the fastest person with 28C or smaller tires. I'm going to say go. that. I'm going to say I that I believe right it. Now. Yeah. Well, kudos to you for taking your kind human campion uh, mm. off-road. And speaking of off-road, I recently bought a set of wheels from you. You did. Uh, you sold me your Power Tap wheels that you were on your cross bike. They right? were. They were my. Uh, they were my uh, training wheels for my cross bike. And so I needed a new set of wheels uh, for my cross bike. And the fact that there was a power meter attached to them was, I couldn't pass it up. So hell of a deal. Yeah, hell of a deal. Get you gave me a good deal. Um, I was a little worried when I went to put on the cassette that I pulled the actual hub body off. Yeah, that's not. That's I don't. Let's just let's just gloss over that. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> that's not apparently that's okay. That's a feature. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, not a bug. That's a feature. I think that's called um, that's uh, called no tool maintenance. Is that, is what we call that? In the <laughs> well, trade. I sent him. I sent a video to my mechanic, my personal mechanic, mm. and he 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 let me know it was okay. Everything yeah. was fine. 
It is fine. So put it back together, put a skewer on, you're okay. I was a little surprised the first time, and then I looked at it, I was like, oh, no, this one, you can just like just yeah. basically pull it off. So anyway, so uh, on Sunday, uh, we, I, I didn't, there was a gravel ride uh, scheduled with our club, but I decided to, me and my girlfriend decided to stay in and watch uh, the Ronde. Mm-hmm. But then it was a beautiful day, and we wanted to go out and uh, celebrate Terpster's win by riding our bikes. And we hit some of the local uh, gravel down in the parish. Yep. And I somehow set my best five-minute power. Yeah, you're welcome. That's a really good power meter. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, thanks to your new uh, your uh, power tap hub, I either either I've just been strong and been held back by this, you know, my my vector power meter, which has been lying to me, or uh, this is the really flattering. Uh, well, you know what might be happening there? You might have a really strong right leg. Okay. Because you've got a one-sided left side power meter, right? On your, yes. On, you've got the single-sided one. So maybe your right leg is the one with all the really good watts. Mm, all the good ones are not being recorded. Yeah. Um, so now you're getting all the watts recorded. And uh, and uh, there you go. It was uh, it was pretty fun to have power meter on my cross bike, I'll mm-hmm. admit. Uh, it actually made me want to go out and ride my cross bike. And the, the wheels are wider. I felt it. Uh, they're a little bit wider than the OEM wheels I had with my Crux. Yeah. And putting those 33 Tiranos on, just bulked them, out, bulked them up a little bit. Yep. And that hub just sounds so nice. Mm. I mean, it just click, 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 you know, that beautiful buzz yeah. of a fairly decent hub. Yep. Um, but back to my crazy amounts of power that I put out, um, there was a segment... There's a few gravel segments, and I had uh, had three of the four of them. Yeah. And uh, we all rode it as a group a couple weeks ago, and uh, our friend Frank, he took it from me. Oh. And I was pretty upset a about runner. that. Yeah. You a got runner. Your I know, from I know. That's right. You know, I can't let a, tu- can't let a tourist take your KOM. No. Um, he, but- he, d- he wouldn't even know what the time was because he would have been measuring it in like. Pace. minutes per mile yeah, or yeah. whatever he wasn't yeah. he wasn't he didn't even care like, oh yeah i did a i did a uh, uh, four thirteen per mile on there that's really good <laughs> and frank's actually a pretty fast runner i think he did really well at that race we had this weekend and he's he's also pretty fast on the bike yeah yes yes uh, frank's a good guy anyway but uh so my girlfriend and i rode out we were just kind of having fun enjoying a sunday evening beautiful day gravel mm. and as we're riding out approaching the segment i go huh this is a pretty strong headwind. When we turn around, it's going to be a pretty beautiful tailwind. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, definitely tailwind assisted um, with his KOM. But he took he took it from me with a pretty uh, big tailwind, too. So, anyway, that's my gravel story. Thanks to you for selling me those hubs that make me feel like I'm Superman. And mm-hmm. I set my best five-minute power when I haven't actually done any training in, I don't know, four or five months, six months. So, yeah. I, yeah, the, the the segment I got sixth on on the gravel, I set my... And I, I didn't feel like I was working that hard, but I set my third best ever five minute and probably my best ever six minute because it was a six minute effort, the whole thing. I think it was my best ever six minute power, I think. Uh, so but, And you've been trained. You have a coat, so... I do have a coat. You should be getting pretty strong. Uh, yeah, well, I did... I had one, I, it was a recovery week for me and I kind of failed on the recovery because there was all this fun gravel and gravel makes you ride harder. It just makes you do it. 
I can I can attest that I feel that is also true. You just get on there and you have to push harder yeah, to get wanna, any kind of momentum. You want to smash it. You want to smash the gravel because you feel like you're kind of like Nikki Terpstra. Yeah, and I think also it's um, because there's more resistance, you just kind of, you. I don't know, the more you ride, the more you want to be going over a certain kind of speed. You don't just want to dawdle along on it because you're going to get, you have to kind of ride faster to float. Yep. You know, yeah. so if you're on gravel, and this was gravel sand mix, so it was really um, uh, changeable, like everywhere. You had to concentrate. You, I feel like you're riding gravel. You've got to, and and especially when it's like that, and then there's washboard sections, there's potholes, there's like you're looking for the line all the time, constantly looking for what's the smoothest path through this thing, and so your brain is just working on the where where you're going to make it you know make that line through and you're kind of ignoring what's going on with your legs and how hard you're working downstairs yeah and so i yeah i put out like a really good effort on that on that like a really that was that was, I was like holy crap i went way too hard that was supposed to be riding like zone two and i wasn't i just blew that completely but i wasn't like my heart rate wasn't maxed out at all through the whole thing i was kind of riding sweet spot the whole way and i think you have to do that on gravel you have to kind of ride obviously if you're going to do dirty cans for 200 miles then you can't uh, personally i wouldn't be able to ride sweet spot the whole way i'd no. probably have to take it down a little bit but uh that's kind of how it felt it, i think you can get it's almost it makes you ride harder it makes you get more out of it than than you would do on the road because on the road you're just going to go ah yeah i can just coast along i'm going to stay at zone two you know because that's what i'm supposed to do today so gravel watts gravel watts they're uh, a thing gravel watts yeah gravel gravel gives you watts gravel watts they're a thing you heard it here first yeah this is a yeah you ride podcast exclusive yeah go ride gravel you'll get watts and that's a perfect segue uh, mm. to what's coming up in our area mm. uh, like we said last week a lot of stuff is happening this first week in april yep um so we'll go over a few of those things but on sunday uh, if you happen to be in town and you're not going to Sun and King, you're not going to Shreveport for Rocky yep. Mount, you're not in the two-lane collegiate race that also has a open crit, you're not going to Lafayette for the Cycle Zydeco, yep. you're not going to... There's also some sort of get-up-and-ride bicycle fest in New Orleans. Oh, my God. Uh, there is a gravel circuit race yes. on the West Bank put on yes. by the Boss Ladies. And I think this is a good segue because I, uh, last time I did that circuit, I was on my road bike, uh, smashed it, had a good time. Mm. Um, pretty bumpy. It's a bumpy road. Yeah. And riding my cross bike with those new wheels you gave me and my tires, I think that I want to ride my cross bike in the Boss Gravel Circuit Race. Okay. Well, this is perfect because this is what I wanted to ask you about because I haven't ridden it yet. I'm signed up to do the A race. Nice. And I want some tire talk. Come on. Let's talk about tires. Let's talk about FMB. Let's talk about all the good things. Gator skin. That makes me. Let's talk about tires. Um, this is my questions for you. So here are, here are my options mm -hmm. for this race. Okay, bring it on. I ride the kind human campion. Yeah. On my Hutchinson Sector 28s. Okay. 
I ride my cross bike on uh, my tubular FMB uh, super sprint uh, file treads or what size are those file treads 33 okay or I ride my cross bike on my compass John Bon Jovi 35s I'm gonna say the cross bike with the John Bon Jovi 35s damn it so I did it uh, we did it um, a few about a month ago I did it on my 25 gator skins yep totally doable uh, it's doable it's it's bumpy and it's gonna be five laps so it's about almost an hour mm. and I think after an hour that would be a lot yeah um, one hot lap it's, it's doable on the road bike I think your tubulars would also be a good choice but I like the less rolling resistance on your John Bon Jovi's, even though they're slightly bigger, which might weigh a bit more. Yeah, definitely less rolling resistance. They're a pure file tread. So your your John Bon Jovi's, you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna like that because essentially it's one gravel gravel road. Yeah. It's one sort of smaller gravel kind of dirt road. Yeah. And then it's two really bad roads. Right. Like, paved roads with potholes yep um so you're gonna go really fast in those those sections Mm. when you're not hitting the potholes um so that if i could put if i had a set of 30s um or if i could run if i could run a really big road tire on my road bike i would i think i'm gonna go with my cross bike i'm gonna go with my terrenos dries they're essentially kind of a file tread but my 28s then, so they said, okay, so we're going to rule out the cross. We're going to rule out the cross ties, but 28s or 35s? Yeah, I wish you had a 30. Mm. I would say a 30 road tire would be perfect for this race. Okay. So I think, okay, so I've, I've, been, I've been sort of leaning towards what you're talking about. I think the... Uh, and if I hadn't sold you those wheels, I would throw the John Bon Jovi's. <laughs> <laughs> but I can I can cobble something together, and uh, okay, I can do the I can do the. That's what I. Yep. Yeah. All right. So there you go. There we go. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do it on the John Bon Jovi's. Sounds good. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm also I'm racing that race with you, so maybe I just gave you the bad advice. Oh. Okay. Well, you better not. Have. <laughs> Uh, actually, the entire podcast is going to be racing that race. Yeah, and Townsend signed up for the B's, but if... No, 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 he signed up for the A's, he said. No. Oh, did he? Yeah, he signed up, he said I, He said he signed up for the A's, but if they needed some B's, he would transfer to the B's. <laughs> so he's staying in the A's, because we're all going to race together. Yeah, no, I think we definitely should. Um, uh, we're going to quick stomp it. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, those, those, that's, well, it's aim high, right? It's good to aim high. Yeah. Um, shoot for the stars. Yep. Um, I'm yeah, pretty- I'm excited. Like I said, there's a lot of racing going on that weekend, so it's going to, it's, you know, we'll see. We'll see who comes out. Um, and I hope that you do. It's, a, it's supporting the uh, boss ladies as they raise their Deconza. It's a fundraiser. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, well, I think we're about done. I think so. I think we're um, about there. Tomorrow is Tuesday, and Tuesday is Tuesday Loops. Yes. We haven't talked about it on the podcast, but just in case anybody is not aware, uh, Tuesday Loops is a 
evening ride that we've been doing for the past four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a slight, slight uh, point here. By the time people actually get to hear this, Tuesday Loops may have already happened. Okay. Just saying. Okay. So, yeah, it may have just happened. So next week or this week, depends yep. on when this comes out, um, come on out to Noma at 6 p.m. We depart there for a 20-minute, 25-minute loop around City Park. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about 10 minutes of going super hard. Yeah. 10, 10 to 12 minutes of, of really hard effort, probably. Nine to ten, really hard effort. Yeah, it's, right. there's there's a there's a lot of neutral rollout. Um, we yeah. try to make it through some traffic lights and stop signs, and uh, depends on the wind too. Once you hit the lake, also true. And depends on uh, as the days grow longer, we'll add a third loop. There's a lot less traffic, makes things a little bit more uh, easier to go hard longer. Yep. Um, so yeah, Tuesday loops come out and uh, try if you are. If you are interested in racing bikes and you've never done that, I think this is sort of a good entree. Yeah. It's definitely not a race because, like I said, there are traffic lights and we do stop for them if they turn red. And and you will, I've never been in a bike race where there was a red light. Um, no. So, and, and so that, that's not, so it's a, tra- it's a, it's a race pace training ride. Yeah. Race uh, pace training ride. I like to call them, I call it a group interval. Yeah. But people are going to attack, right? And so people are going to attack. People are going to counterattack. People are going to get dropped. I've gotten dropped already. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's a good time, and I'm really looking forward to, like I said, later sunlight, so we can go get beers afterwards. Because mm, a combination good. of bike rides and beers is a good weeknight combo, and we don't we haven't had a lot of that in a while. And uh, with this nice spring weather and summer coming up. I hope we do more of it. Yeah. Well, I uh, I mentioned it uh, this last weekend to my coach, Thomas Gibbons. I said, hey, uh, our uh, Tuesday Loops uh, thing has started up again. You know, could I could we kind of include this in my program? And uh, he was like, yeah, let me think about it. And then he got back and he said, yeah, I think this is a good idea. We'll, uh, you know, so this week he uh, and he actually sent me a video. <laughs> uh, of I think it was Strada Bianchi 2014, and he yeah. said, "This is what I want you to do: uh, is once everybody's gone like super hard, and then they sit up and start looking at each other, you're going to attack like Sagan." Uh, and I saw on the video. I think I sent it to you. Yeah. Um, Sagan goes really, really. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Yeah, it looks like it's sped up or something. <laughs> it does. Well, it, yeah, well let me tell news. you when that point is. <laughs> is once we've crossed Harrison and we're about to hit the bridge before over the, the bridge. 610 just before is the bridge. usually when everybody is pretty gassed and, and there's up. one strong person yep. who attacks everybody and we all watch them go away. Yeah. So maybe uh, this week it'll be you. Maybe it will. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I did, you know, spoiler alert, uh, I did set my best ever one-minute power Uh-oh. this last week, so uh, feeling pretty good about that bridge. Okay, just well, saying if I can if I can hang on until you can then. hang on. Don't get dropped before then. Nope. Anyway, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for the Yay Red podcast. Uh, Matt, you want to start the sign-offs? Uh, sure. I have not thought of anything to say for it, but I will say. The one thing we haven't really talked about, uh, which I'm very excited for and the reason I'm wearing this shirt today is Sunday is 
the queen of the classics, Paris-Roubaix. And what we didn't mention earlier on is that after the boss cross race, we're going to have a Paris-Roubaix watching party at Urban South Brewery. Be there. Uh, I'm going to be setting up the AV for that. It's going to be great. Sounds fantastic. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying thanks again for listening to the Yay Ride podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please send us an email at yayride at gmail.com and feel free to rate or leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep spinning.